This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 360 with Chrissy King. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 360. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Chrissy King is a writer, speaker, strength coach, and self-proclaimed truth teller with a passion for intersectional feminism and creating a diverse and inclusive wellness industry. She's been featured in Self, Shape, BuzzFeed, Muscle and Fitness, and Live Strong, among others. She empowers individuals to stop shrinking, start taking up space, and use their energy to create their specific magic in the world, when she's not serving her clients by empowering them to create stress-free and sustainable lifestyles and feel confident and empowered in their own skin. She spends her time lifting all the weights, reading, traveling, and hanging out with friends and family. I've wanted to have Chrissy come on the show for quite a while now. I've been a longtime follower of hers on social media for years, actually, and her messaging just always resonates with me. So I think this conversation is going to be especially timely giving Monday's episode about Beyonce's recent messaging around body image. And I will tell you, I actually recorded this episode with Chrissy probably about a month ago. So it's totally coincidental that these episodes are landing on the same week. And also, I think it's necessary. I think it's actually a very happy accident that it worked out this way. I think you're going to just hear a lot of things I talked about on Monday's episode are going to really be reinforced in the conversation that I have with Christy here today. So I'm anxious for you to kind of listen to this as maybe almost a part two. So if you haven't tuned in to Monday's episode, please do that as well. You can listen before or after this episode, but I just think that those two episodes do go nicely together. I think they fit well to kind of this tangent episodes. So this will be helpful in terms of a lot of the same themes and reinforced messaging around power in protecting and elevating women of all backgrounds, shapes, sizes, and orientation. So listen in to hear Chrissy share how passion in one area of your life can ignite passion in other areas of your life, what intersectional feminism is and how it pertains to you, her terrifying move to publish an article titled, Is Fitness Only for Thin White Women? and the response that it drew, the importance of noticing inclusion and diversity in all spaces and why you need to call it out when it's missing, which it usually is, and how to manage your ever-evolving relationship with your body. So with all that said, I cannot wait to introduce you to Chrissy King. 
Chrissy King, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today, and I can't wait to dive in. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really excited to chat with you and honored to be here. This is going to be really fun. So I want to give my audience a little bit of background. Everyone knows I'm a huge stalker, an online stalker of all awesome people. And I discovered you after my son was born and I was wanting and needing to go through some own mindset shifts around my personal body image, even though I had talked the talk for a long time around body image and mindset and fitness and wellness. I wasn't walking the walk so much. And so I went through this big struggle with my body image after my son was born and decided that I needed to stop following anyone who was on social media just to show off their six packs or to talk about weight loss transformations and really start following women who were standing in their power, taking up space, like owning themselves for all of their curves and their quads and belly rolls and what have you. And you were one of the people I came across who had a beautiful voice and a strong personality. And I just so admired that about you. And so that led us to today. Like I've been stalking you ever since. I think that was four years ago. So here we are. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that story. I love it. And also I am with you in the stalking and creeping on internet. There's so many people that I'm stalking all the time. So I love when I can finally connect with those people. So thank you. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. And it's nice to make connections with people who you feel like the guys of social media where you're like, no, but we're already friends. Oh my gosh. Yes. I actually had that happen to me once and it was with someone not in the fitness industry. It was like a hair blogger and I was in Chicago. I'm in Wisconsin. I was in Chicago for the weekend and I almost went up and talked to her because I was like, oh, I know her. And then it was like, I realized like, no, I don't know her and she doesn't know me. I just follow her on Instagram. So it's really funny. I love it. I love it. So I want you to tell us a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Yeah, absolutely. So beyond doing a lot of work around fitness and body image, like right now, I'm like super excited and focusing a lot of my energy on writing. That is actually like when I was a kid, I was always like, and I'm talking about like elementary school, I was like always spending my time reading and like writing. And I was like, I'm going to be a writer when I grow up and I'm write books. And then at like some point I like, you know, grew up and was like, I'll be realistic. And like, I just kind of left that behind. But I've really returned to doing a lot of writing now. And it's like something that really is like, I'm very passionate about. And also just I've been spending so much more time this year reading for pleasure, for learning for all types of things. And, And 2019 has been like a a super transitional year for me for a lot of reasons and hasn't got anything like I planned. And so historically, I've been the type to like not want to sit with heavy feelings and emotions and instead just like do more, work harder, or like ignore what's happening. But that just didn't work this time. It wasn't working for lots of reasons. So I've really practiced allowing and just being and letting myself be in flow, whatever that looks like. And it's very different than what it's been in the past, but it's involved lots of books, lots of writing, lots of downtime. And also lots of traveling and like a lot of really great things as well. So it's been a different year, but it's been a really awesome year. And I'm very excited about all the things that are happening. Nice. I love it. Talk a little bit about, so I have this belief that our passion in one area will guide us into passions in other areas. And I think this is a struggle for moms in particular because we're busy and distracted and it's hard to have like a minute to collect our thoughts. So talk a little bit about how your passion in fitness has allowed you to find that fire and fuel for your passion in writing and how that's kind of evolved over time. Yeah, absolutely. And I 100% agree with you. So when I first got into fitness, joined the gym for the first time in my adult life, I was in my 20s. And I literally went to my trainer that I hired. And I said, I have one goal, make me skinny, period. There was like nothing else that I desired to do. And so she was like, okay, let's lift some weights. And I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) disconnect. I said, skinny. I'm going to bulk up. I don't want to bulk up. That's not what I want. I said, skinny. And so anyways, she explained things to me and whatever. We started strength training a lot. I started getting like really strong, eventually got into powerlifting and was lifting some pretty heavy weight. And my narrative growing up had always been that like I'm a physically weak person. It didn't bother me. I was just like, oh, I'm just like not strong, no problem. But once I started lifting all these weights, I realized, oh, wow, strength is a skill. Like I'm not not just physically weak. And so with that was like a really point of reflection for me of like, oh, well, I was telling myself this story my whole life that I was just physically weak and that's not true. Like what other things have I been telling myself that I couldn't do that I actually can do? And so I eventually became a trainer. I started training. Then I wanted to expand online at some point and I was working with a business coach, Jill Coleman. And part of like what she explained and wanted me to do was just, I start a blog and I was like really hesitant because I was like, who am I to start a blog? I don't have anything to say, yada, 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 all the stories we tell ourselves. But I eventually did start writing and wrote very like fitnessy things for a long time and stayed in that because I was like, oh, people don't want to hear other things. They want me to stay in my lane. There was also like a lot of feelings around like 
I don't want people to like think I'm like an angry black woman, like all these stories. But eventually I was able to let that go and just write about the things I was really passionate about, regardless if they were fitness related or intersections of fitness, race, gender, feminism, all these things. And that's when I really like started feeling like, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing in the world. Like I love writing. I feel really comfortable. I felt like I was coming back home to myself. And so it has just been a really beautiful part of my life. And I don't think that any of those things would have transpired if it hadn't been for lifting, which I know sounds really strange to people, but I'm like, lifting is literally the thing that like transformed my life in ways that are more and way, way more important than like any physical transformation. Yeah, I love it. I totally attribute. I grew up not athletic at all. And I had a lot of stories around that. I was like the kid that always was like hoping to get hurt in PE class so I could sit out. And when I became athletic as an adult, it was so transformational and it is absolutely like fueled everything else that I've done in so many ways. So I relate to your idea of growing up feeling weak. I think it's interesting that you were like, I was fine with it. I was fine with it. Like, I'm just weak <laughs> because mm-hmm. I was so awkward and uncomfortable in my skin. I was not fine with like being uncoordinated, not athletic, overweight, all those things. So that's interesting. The difference there. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. And I'm also really interested in the idea of writing and creating and whatever creating might mean, but for you as writing for other people versus for yourself. And I know for me, when I had my gym, I did feel at a certain point, like I was creating so much for other people, which was fine. I love being of service, but also it started to feel like it was at the expense of my own voice. And when I started the podcast, it really was 
I'm going to do this. Like, and I'm just going to talk about whatever I want to talk about. And if it resonates with people, fine. If it doesn't, I don't even care. I just have to have another place to share my ideas and have different kinds of conversations. Cause I can't keep talking about belly fat. Like it's been 15 years and I'm kind of done with it. And I found that that gave me a whole new lease on life and my power by just deciding that I was going to create the content I wanted to create, which did feel very vulnerable and scary. Like there was a lot of people in my world that like wondered what a podcast was, who I was to start one, like who, you know, like did this suddenly mean I was famous? And I was like, anyone can start a podcast and it doesn't mean I'm famous, and, but maybe I will be someday. So I had to like really let go of other people's ideas and, and perceptions of things and just do it for me. And that felt so freeing. And it's allowed me to now create a business that feels so different than what I was doing before. And I, it sounds like your situation is similar. Yes, 100%. I love everything that you just said, like from beginning to end, because you touched on so many important things. I think sometimes our biggest like barrier to like doing that different thing is like we're really concerned about what other people are going to think. And for one, like some of those stories are just like our own thing. And two, there could actually be people who are like, you know, who are you to do this thing or whatever. And it's like, I think there's so much freedom when you just create work that whatever it is, whether it's a podcast or writing or art, that's for you, right? And you put it out into the world. And if it resonates with someone else, great. If it doesn't, okay, that's totally fine too. Because I think for all of us, it's like you can spend so much energy trying to like create things that you think other people want. And kind of like you said, you end up really feeling empty on the inside, right? Because that's not what you really, you're doing it for like the expectation of like how you want people to respond to it. And like very much now, whatever I'm creating it, it's like I'm creating this for me. And if it so happens to resonate with people, like awesome. I'm really, really happy that that happens. But I'm not creating it with like the intention of this is the response I want to get from people because you always be chasing something in that regard right? versus just like this is who I am and the right people will come to you. And I really think that magic is, that when you actually just show up authentically and you create the work because this is what you want to put out in the world, the right people are going to find you. Mm-hmm. And then it's like this beautiful, magical, like transaction because you're doing work that you're passionate about and people are like, wow, I needed to hear this today. And it's just this beautiful exchange. Everybody feels good about it. And I think too, it's like so many times we want to like play by the rules or whatever, right? Like, or even think like, how could starting a podcast or writing, like we get really stuck up in like, or caught in the space of like, well, how is that going to make money or how am I going to do whatever? And it's just like, start a passion project on the side and let it just do what it does because we can't create, we can't predict how it will happen. And like amazing, beautiful doors open and you create beautiful things that you never thought were possible when we just like allow ourselves to be. Right. Right. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Starting it on the side and doing it with no attachment to income or expectations or other people's opinions or anything Mm -hmm. like that. I remember when I I was going to start my podcast, my business coach at the time, I was talking to her about it. And I was saying, I couldn't decide if I should start a podcast that was like fitness, nutrition, wellness based or something totally different, like what I'm doing now. And she's like, you're not allowed to do a fitness, like nutrition, wellness podcast, you will be bored out of your mind. because That's what you've been talking about for 15, 16 years. Yeah. And when she said that I was kind of crushed because that would have been the easy road. But she was so right. She's like, the whole purpose of this is for you to have like a new platform and a place to be more creative. Like you can't just go and repurpose all your old stuff. You have to actually take that uncomfortable step to talk about the things you're really passionate about that you haven't really shared with anyone else and then see who it resonates with. And that felt so weird and vulnerable. And also like you just spoke to when people reach out and say like, wow, this really spoke to me or I needed this right now. Like nothing compares to that feeling where you're like, I gave someone that gift and I didn't even know that they needed it. And that's the magic that you're speaking of. And it's so powerful. Oh, absolutely. And that's exactly how it feels like, wow, I'm so, and again, it's like, I am able to give this, this is my gift to the world. And like whoever it resonates with, like it was meant for them and it's a beautiful feeling. So Right. So in your bio, you talk about being a truth teller with a passion for intersectional feminism. Can you give us a little definition so we're all on the same page and our listeners can make sure that they fully understand what is intersectional feminism and talk a little bit about the significance of that to you? Because then I want to also talk about your core values as a female fitness professional today. Absolutely. So intersectional feminism is actually a term coined by Kimberly Crenshaw, who is a black feminist. And basically, when we think about intersectional feminism, it's the idea that we are looking at frameworks of feminism through the guise of like all these intersecting identities like gender, sexual orientation, race, disability, nationality, and how those things intersect and 
creates a different perspective and view of the world. And it was really framed out of the idea that feminism at that time in particular was really highlighting only a certain sector of feminism, particularly that was highlighting only issues that white women were dealing with and leaving out just all these other issues that are really important to women everywhere. And so the, the concept of intersectionality and intersectional feminism is that we need to be looking at all these different things, how they intersect, how it affects people's view in the world, and also making sure that if you identify as feminist, which you know I do, that we're taking a perspective that that seeks to elevate all women, not just women who look like ourselves. Yes. Yeah. So important. Thank you for that definition. So how have your core values as a fitness professional changed over time? And I'm sure that this will also connect to intersectional feminism as well. Yeah, absolutely. So as I kind of like went into a little bit, when I first got into fitness, it was literally just like exercise, nutrition. That's what we're talking about. But I did notice right away as I entered in the fitness space that I I recognized right away that it really, especially mainstream fitness in general, really lacked diversity and representation in the images that we see portrayed in fitness spaces or like in advertising, all the things. And so I was like, wow, this is really interesting because I don't see people who look like myself really being represented in fitness spaces. And so a long, for a long time, I just kind of like sat with those feelings and didn't really say anything about it. Again, going back to the narrative, like I don't want people to think I'm just like an angry black woman or like I have something to complain about, like all these things. But eventually, like, again, at the really <laughs> advice of Jill, she was just like, just talk about it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And so it was really interesting because I wrote this blog that really talked about the title of the blog is fitness only for thin white women. And I was like, so scared. They talk about being vulnerable. I was so scared to post this blog. But I finally like just did it. And I did it at a time where like, I was was still working a corporate job, and I couldn't be on the internet for like four hours. I'm like, I can just post and run and like be off the internet. (laughs) Um, I know. I was so scared. But anyway, so when I came back to internet, it was like the first time that I actually think people were actually reading my blog. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, wow, people read this. And people were sharing it. And also people were like messaging me like, wow, I've been thinking about this for so long. Thank you for like, you know, saying this. And so my views on fitness and being in the fitness space have really changed over time and such that I understand the importance of fitness being more than just exercise and nutrition. Because again, for me anyways, when I think of like, wellness and health. It's more than just how my body moves and how it eats, like mental health and spiritual health. And do I feel safe in my body and in the environment in which I'm entering? And so I think overall health has to be what we're seeking. And so I just think it's so more for me anyways, my core values around fitness have developed into talking about the need for diversity and inclusion in fitness spaces for representation, for having discussions around like what you said, marketing and fitness that we're not, you know, (laughs) preying on people's emotions to sell fitness products by, you know, focusing only on shrinking the body or having six pack abs, because those aren't indicators of health, as we know. And just also talking about like the fat phobia that we see running rampant in fitness spaces. So I think my view has just changed so much over the years. When I look back at like work that I first did, I don't even like recognize that person anymore. (laughs) Like, Like, who was that person writing that? Because I also think that like, health and fitness and wellness are such an important part of people's lives, but it's so important. I think it has benefits that are far beyond fat loss and weight loss. Like I think that's like one of the least important things in my mind, but I think it's so important that everyone feels welcome in this space and everyone feels respected and seen and heard and feels comfortable engaging in movement that feels good for their bodies. So for me, that's like the core of my practice now. And I think it's just really important. I love this. It's so important. And I absolutely agree that I love that you include, do I feel safe when I walk into a space? I think that that's such an important indicator of your own health and wellness and something that everyone needs to be striving for when they create spaces and create communities for for anyone and for everyone. I was just thinking of a client the other day. I was talking to a coaching client and she was talking about she wants to feel like an athlete and she's always been someone who doesn't perceive herself to be athletic. So I'm curious, what does it mean to you to be athletic? If someone came to you and they were like, I'm 45, I've never been athletic and I want to think of myself as athletic you know, by the end of next year, where would you tell them to start? I mean, I think I'm always that whenever someone says something, like I am really big on asking questions back Mm -hmm. to them because what does that actually mean? Yeah. I think so many times we just say these things like, oh, I want to do this. But like in your mind, what does athletic mean to you? Right. Right. Because athletic could mean to you, like I can run a mile of ease. That could be what a former athletic, right? 
athletic could mean to someone else that like I want to be able to deadlift my body weight or I want to be able to feel like I have like a high level of agility. So I, I think the first question is like, what does athletic really mean to you? Because I don't think we can pursue that goal without knowing exactly what that would look and feel like for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I always think whenever anybody comes, a client or whatever comes to me, it's always like, okay, so what does that actually mean? Or people say, I just want to be healthier. Well, what does healthy mean <laughs> yes, to you? Yes, right? I got that one all the time. My yeah, goal like, for 2019 okay. is to get healthy. <laughs> Tell me what that means to you, you know? And right. so just asking those questions. And actually, I think it's so important to ask the questions too, because mm-hmm. it forces people to really sit with what do they actually mean yeah. by that? And I think that's a really important part of the process because maybe athletic just means like, I want to be able to play with my kids with ease and not feel like I'm out of breath. Oh, okay, cool. Let's do that then. Right. So, you know, I think it really is a point of reflection for people. Yeah. And one of the things I said when I was having this conversation with this client is I was talking about, you know, like if your idea of being an athlete is to show up strong, which she had kind of identified as one of her thoughts, like you can be strong in so many ways. And it can be in ways that are joyful. And I think a lot of times (laughs) women think of fitness as something that has to be a form of punishment and torture and it has to hurt to be effective. Yes. Yes. And like a guy can go out and golf and he's like, I worked out today. (laughs) But a woman's like, it only quote unquote counts if I'm like about to puke at the end and I burned at least 522 calories and it took at least 62 minutes. (laughs) 100%. Like I feel so strongly with what you just said and I just also like I'm so happy you're talking about this because yes look like look the narrative around what movement has to mean like there should be joy in this process it should not feel like a torture right. or like this thing that you hate to do but you have to do it it's like how can redefine movement that's something that you enjoy and that you love and that you want to be a part of your life because it brings you pleasure, not like suffering and pain and heartache. Right, right, right. So how have you seen the fitness industry shifting as an industry as a whole for the last decade, and especially as it relates to body image? So it's really interesting because I think that I was actually just having this conversation recently. I think it's really interesting because, and I don't know if you feel this way too, but I definitely feel like I've cultivated this circle of like like-minded fitness professionals. And we're all very kind of like-minded in the sense of like recognizing the importance of like changing our relationship with our bodies that like shrinking is not the end all goal in life. Like there's no happiness on the other side of like reaching your goal late, all of those things. And so I, I sometimes like, Oh my God, everything in the industry is getting so much better. Like this is amazing. But then like I get outside of the circle of people <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh wait a minute. Everything is still the same. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. I have the exact same experience where I feel yeah, like everything's, I'm it. like, we've evolved all the way. Like we're done evolving. <laughs> And then you just get outside of your circle and you're like, no, nothing is done. Right, right. (laughs) Nothing is actually done. What I really love about fitness right now, though, is talking about creating that circle. I do think there's so many strong, powerful women sharing, or women identifying people sharing very, like, empowering messages around how to feel comfortable and safe in our bodies. And that, again, our sole purpose in life is not to lose weight. And there's so much more to life than that. So I have seen like a rise of like women doing that. And I think that feels really amazing. And, and there's other there's men doing that too. But I just find a, a lot. I found a circle of women that are very like minded, which I think is great because I think collectively we're having a powerful influence on the industry. However, <laughs> there's still a lot of work to be done. And actually, like I love experiences when I get out of my circle and realize how much work there has to be done mm-hmm. because it's a reminder that like, and no matter how much we think we're talking about these things, we need to keep talking about these things right? because there's so many people who haven't heard these messages. And so even if they sound like a broken record, it's not a broken record. It's really important. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. 
So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune, tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly, Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know, like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse. And so Active Skin Repair showed up on my doorstep (laughs) as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately. And I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect. So Vinny does not like ointmenty, creamy, lotiony things on his body, but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. Yeah, yeah. So how would you like to see female leadership in the industry continue to evolve? What's our utopia? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I honestly, like my desire is that we just keep taking up space in the industry. And I think, again, like stepping outside of my circle, I see so many fitness events that are very male dominated still, like really, really heavily male dominated. So I just think, you know, I want to see us keep taking up our space. And, you know, I think it is important to as much as possible, like make our way into other mainstream areas so that we are represented in those spaces. Mm -hmm. And also at the same time, like keep taking, keep creating our own tables as well. You know, there's so many times that like I have as a woman of color, especially I've been like, Oh, I want to be included because we need diversity and inclusion, which are important. But it, it, while I'm fighting that thing, I'm also like, but also I'm going to create my own table because yes. uh, we can do our own thing as well while Absolutely. we're also addressing those things. Yeah. So I just want to see more of us continuing to do that. And I think, again, I'm just like super inspired by all the people I see doing this work. And I'm like, hell yeah, like this is awesome. We're doing great things. So I just want to see more of that. Right, right. And I want to encourage people because I think that you and I probably are similar in this regard that I am really conscientious when I look at, I don't attend fitness events anymore because it's not relevant to my career anymore, but I keep an eye on things and I notice what some of the guys are doing. And I'm like, yeah, it's like a conference with 10 speakers and there's one female who's white and Yes. And then the rest are like white guys who were like, you know, yeah. 24. Um, yes. always, yeah. <laughs> a There's lot a- though. Yeah. And I want to encourage people listening, regardless of what industry you're in, to be paying attention to those things. And this is something we've been talking about a ton in my membership community is really noticing representation in all communities and all capacities, whether it's personal or corporate spaces. And calling it out for what it is when you see it. And I know that I had one of my members, a woman of color recently, like posting messages on high profile people's social media pages saying like, why are you a woman creating a business leadership event for women? And she has like seven male speakers and one female speaker. And like you're that doesn't even make any sense. It makes no sense. (laughs) So she like posted a screenshot. She's like, here's the comment that I left on the registration page announcement on Instagram. And we were like, yes. But when you start noticing this, this disparity, like you see it everywhere. Yes. And it's painful to see. And what's also fascinating is when you start to just point it out to people. I actually had this happen yesterday. Someone messaged me on Facebook and she's a friend of mine over in Australia. 
And she's like, Hey, I'm thinking about coming over for this event next year. Are you potentially going or do you follow this person? And I was like, yeah, I do follow that person. And I was actually really disappointed to see the speaker lineup. It's, you know, predominantly male and there's no people of color on it. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought about that. And so when you point it out to people, it creates this ripple effect of like, they're forever going to notice that now because it was shocking to them when you said it to them. And this has happened in my community as well, where as I start pointing out things like this, a bunch of people in my community are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start paying way more attention. So I think really calling out people who are creating the spaces is important, but also just pointing it out when you see it in your general circles so that other people can start noticing as well and noticing underrepresentation related to gender and race and ableism and everything. Yes, I totally agree. And you're right. It doesn't really matter. We don't even need to name an industry. It's like in any industry, it's, just look across and you see the same it's thing happening. happening. It's happening everywhere. Right, right. And so I do really think it's important to bring it to the attention of the creators of whatever it be, a conference or whatever, bring it to their attention. And also like, that's such a wonderful thing is like pointing it out to just like your friends and like yeah. your circle. Because again, I think it's so easy, particularly if you're in a dominant group, it's really easy to not pay attention to that because it's just like you're programmed to see these things all the time. And that's the way you see the world. So it's easy not to notice it. And again, it's like once you start noticing, you can't unsee it once you yes. see it. Yes. Um, and so I think it is so important to have those conversations with your friends, to talk to the people organizing events. And I think also, you know, an easy thing to do is like when you're asked to participate in the event, and especially if you're a person with privilege or in that situation, it's like, okay, cool. Before I can agree, I, like who else is presenting? And at that point, like before you even agree to do something, like bring to their attention, like, hey, here's some thoughts. Like yeah. we have no other people of color represented. Like, Everybody on the panel is super young. Everybody's super able-bodied. Have we thought about that? And just bring those conversations to people's forefront of their minds. And sometimes I've had to do this a lot in lots of scenarios. And sometimes people are really open and sometimes people are not. But it's still something that needs to be said and continually be talked about. So, yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah. How would you like to see male leadership change in the, or evolve <laughs> in the fitness industry? Oh, gosh, I have a lot to say about that. Um, (laughs) How much time should I give you? (laughs) Yeah, so I think, you know, what I've really noticed, especially over the last year or two, as these conversations have been more prevalent about sexism in the fitness industry, there's been some prominent men in the fitness space who have been accused of all types of things. Mm -hmm. And what's been really interesting to me is that I don't see men coming to the table to have those conversations. No. I don't see men coming to the table to call out other men and their bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of people, a lot of men in particular, being wanting to separate the issues. Well, like, yeah, he did that thing, but his research is still really great. And it's mm-hmm. like, that doesn't matter. Like, no, no, no. He is inappropriate in these right. many ways. Like, we can't continue to support his work. We can't separate those things. And so I've seen very few men, you know, I just like a, like a handful of men in the fitness space that I know of who have been willing to have these hard conversations about these really messed up things that are happening and call out other men for their bad mm-hmm. behavior and talk about like, you know, issues around like, you know, privilege or racism or homophobia or transphobia, which is like running rampant and, and like powerlifting right now. Mm-hmm. I've seen very few men that are willing to have those conversations. So I really like to see men step up to the plate and hold each other accountable and call out bad behavior, not just like, you know, to say to me or another fitness professional, like privately, oh, that's not okay. But like, actually, like talk about it. And also like, ask for accountability from those people, stop supporting their work, because we can't separate those issues. So I just like to see men step up to the plate, basically. Yeah. So what I see in fitness is that it's a male dominated industry that predominantly serves females. And the messaging in the industry definitely is targeted at females. And so there's a huge disconnect there because I don't need a guy telling me anything about my body at this point in my life. And this is not just in the fitness industry. And this is just like through having my podcast and having sponsors on the show. I have this level of awareness now, like one of my sponsors is Third Love Bras. And I'm like, oh, you know, come to think of it. I actually would like a bra designed by a woman. As it turns yes. out, like that makes a lot of sense. Why would I want a bra designed by a dude? Or you know, tampons, <laughs> like the same thing with Lola tampons. I'm like, I don't need tampons designed by guys over at Johnson yeah. & Johnson or whatever. Like, give me the Lola 100%. tampon. So it really, there's such a carryover and it's made me so much more conscientious about male dominated industries that serve women. I mean, the alcohol industry. Oh my gosh. I've had multiple conversations about this recently. Again, male dominated industry that markets predominantly to women 
and is making a killing and women are victimized by this industry now. And I would say that's true for fitness and for alcohol, but like the messaging around it is just so dangerous and vile and disgusting. And so I think having a level of conscientiousness around that as well is really important to recognize, like, why am I listening to messaging created by men and supporting brands, companies, platforms, and how can I shift that over to companies and products and platforms designed by women for women. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy you said that. It's so true. Everything you said is so true. And also just like this general conversation of marketing in general being directed at women to make women feel insecure, like they're not Mm -hmm. enough, that we need to do something else to be better. It's all so problematic. So I love that you're intentionally conscientious about who even your sponsors are, right? Because again, I think it's so important. Like, capitalism has sometimes made us forget that like that things actually matter and (laughs) that even when it comes to situations like money like you have to make those difficult decisions but they're the right things to do and I always say like my integrity is not for sale Mm -hmm. um and especially if my mission and my work in this world is specifically to empower women and women identifying people I can't like be part of that problem and so yeah I, I love that so much and so much respect for that yeah what do you think makes a woman strong and powerful? I honestly think it sounds cliche, but I honestly think that what makes women strong and powerful is just like the ability to unapologetically own who you are. Mm-hmm. I think it's so, especially at this time, and again, talking about like marketing and Instagram and like seeing all these images of like what women should look like and what women should be like. I think it's just so powerful to be unapologetically be who you are authentically and not feel the pressure to conform to like societal ideas of beauty or standards of beauty for the sake of pleasing other people, but to just be like, I'm going to be who I want to be for myself. And that's more than enough. I just find it to be so transformative because again, the more and more I do that for myself, the more and more at home I feel. And I just think nothing has made me feel more me than just allowing me to be who I am. Do you know who Nicole Walters is? I do not know. So she works with women entrepreneurs and she posted a picture yesterday of herself. So she's lost, I don't know how many pounds over the last year, but a sizable amount, but she's a plus size woman and she's posted a lot of her journey, but she's posted about it, not in like a shrinking sort of a way, but kind of in how it's like empowered and impacted her life. And she posted this post yesterday about wearing shorts and it was a picture of her wearing shorts. And when you talked about being authentically who you are, she posted the picture of her wearing shorts and she's like, you all don't realize like, this is a really big deal. I'm wearing shorts. And she's like, Mm -hmm. bigger girls don't wear shorts. She's like, there's a whole host of issues that come with wearing shorts. Like your legs are going to rub together. You're going to have to, what did she say? She's like, she was like the recon you're going to have to do at the end of the day because of the TV or whatever. Like she was, Mm -hmm. it was hilarious, but so true. And I was so appreciative of this post that was like, big girls can wear shorts and we can show yeah. off our cellulite and we can show off our big booties and all these things. And hers was kind of in reference to, I've lost weight now so that I could find shorts that fit me, but also mm-hmm. she's not like a size four. And so yeah. she's like, here I am in my shorts, like in all my glory. And the post got like just massive traction because a woman being who they are is celebrating like, dear Lord, I'm wearing shorts. Like this is a moment. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think like, it's so important. I love that whole theme of that post. And it's so important. I started like recently on my blog or Instagram, I started the hashtag this body is summer ready. Because again, we're at that time of the year where people are like trying to police what we should do or we or or we ourselves feel like my body isn't ready for the summer. I have to change it. Again, going back to this marketing around fitness, right? There's like all these programs like get your body ready for summer. And I'm like, no, forget all that. Your body is already summer ready. And yes. like summer is going to get what body I'm serving and that's the body I'm in right now. And so I just love to see. And so like the hashtag is like people post a picture of themselves wearing whatever they want with the hashtag this body is summer ready. And I'm just so into people embracing that like this is it. And no matter what I look like, I'm aware of whatever I feel like it and right. I can feel comfortable in it. And yes, it may be a journey because the chafing is real. <laughs> I think right. that's the whole thing. But also like there are no limitations around what my body can do or how I can show up or what I can wear. So yeah, I love that. I I'm obsessed with your hashtag and I want everyone to go post pictures and tag you and add in the hashtag body is summer ready. Cause I think that's brilliant and so important. Yeah. That we're not planning to shrink for anything. So I'm going to Palm Springs tomorrow for a friend's 40th birthday and it's going to be 110 degrees. And so she was like, just bring bathing suits. Like that's all we need is bathing suits. And then two days after I get back, I have photo shoots for updated branding pictures. Hmm, And so last week I was thinking, Oh gosh, 
like I've been traveling a ton lately and I was like, oh, maybe I need to like, you know, do a three day cleanse <laughs> before, oh, like before I go to Palm Springs into this photo shoot and everything. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, like that is 2003, Sarah. That is not mm-hmm. 2019, Sarah. So it's interesting how even when you have what you think is a high level of consciousness around this, you still slip into those moments or it can be context dependent, I think. So when I thought of like going to this birthday party, where it's going to be people I don't know and or some of the people I won't know or some people I haven't seen in a while, things like that. Like that is triggering in a way that like I was just spent five days in Tahoe at a family reunion. And I was like, oh, they're fine. Like they don't care yeah. about my body or my summer body. So it's funny how contextually sometimes we slip into these places and have to really check ourselves as well. 100%. And I think it's so important that we talk about these things because I think sometimes people get the idea that like, you know, especially if, you know, you're reading about people who are like, oh, I love my body and all this, like you may fall into the guise of thinking that they never ever have those negative thoughts creep up again. Totally. And I tell my clients all the time that it's 100% not true. And right. it's not like you fix your relationship with the body now you were just done. Right. It is like when I think in my relationship with my body, I think of it as like, you know, I'm having a relationship with myself. And so it takes ongoing care, mm. just like a relationship with another person would. And so 100%, like contextually situations pop up and you're like, and you flip back into that thinking and you have to like, wait a minute, that's not what I believe anymore. And it's okay for those things to happen. And like, honestly, it's expected for those things to happen. And so, you know, the advice I always say is no matter what you wake up feeling like, show yourself compassion in that moment, because the idea that we're just going to love, look every single day, look in the mirror and be like, oh my God, I love everything so much. That's just like setting us up for failure. Like that just doesn't occur for anybody. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely not. So I want to know, where do you see as your profession has evolved, as your writing has evolved, where do you see yourself going? I feel like you've gone, what you've done has evolved to such a beautiful place. And I'm curious if you know what the next steps are, you know, like what your next leap might be. Yeah. So I see myself continuing to do work with body image clients. I see myself doing that for a while, but honestly, like, you know, for the rest of 2019 and like moving into 2020, I really, really see writing being a big focus. And that's where I would like to put so much of my energy. And eventually I really want to write a book. So yes, go ahead and put that out into the universe. Yes. Yeah. I really want to write a book and yeah, that's a goal of mine. So and I think for a long time, it's like I was scared to say it because, I'm, again, those things like, who am I to write a book? Who am I to think I can do that? But also just being like, but well, I did other things I didn't think I could do. And here I am. So just really unapologetically owning that that's the direction that I want to be taking and, and that it'll work out how it's supposed to work out. Absolutely. And I mean, you could just like take your Instagram post and write a book from that. Just get a VA to like take your Instagram post, <laughs> divide them into chapters. <laughs> And I think because for someone that has, you know, you have a great following, you have a strong voice, you definitely know what you're talking about and you're careful about how you curate content and create content. So it's funny when you say like, you might be a little nervous to put writing a book out there because in my mind, and I'm sure in people listening to that seems like the most obvious next step. Like why hasn't that already happened? (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate that. And honestly, I really do appreciate that because I don't necessarily think that. So hear you say that is a beautiful compliment. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And I mean, this goes to show this is like live coaching right here. Yes. Coaching coaches. Oh my God. Thank you. Yes. But I think that this is exactly how it works for everyone. Like we assume people that look a certain way, love their bodies, or we assume people that write great Instagram posts would easily be able to write a book or someone who has a podcast would love to get on a stage in front of 3000 people. Like we have all these assumptions about where we see someone's talents and gifts and what we think that qualifies for them for. And that's often very different than what the person thinks they're qualified for themselves. Yeah. It's a disconnect sometimes, yeah. which is also why it's so great. Like, organic conversations like this, or, you know, to have like people whose opinions you really value that maybe are not quite as close as family, but like good friends or like, you know, your circle of people that you go to, because we definitely need that outside perspective sometimes yeah. and like a reminder of like, okay, you actually do have this, like you're good. Right. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So where can people find you, follow you, connect with you? Yes. I am most frequently on Instagram, which is I am Chrissy King. I do post a lot on my website writing as well. That's ChrissyKing.com. And I'm also on Facebook at Facebook backslash Chrissy King Fitness. 
Nice. Awesome. This has been so great, Chrissy. I so appreciate you being here. And I just feel like you've expressed yourself beautifully and given us lots of good nuggets to walk away with and lots of new things to be aware of in just all sorts of directions. So we're all walking away a little more conscientious today. Thank you for being here. And thank you for showing up shamelessly. Ah, Thank you for having me. It's been such an honor and pleasure talking to you and just like a beautiful conversation. I really appreciate. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.